0: Hey, listeners, I'm your host, Mason, and this is our podcast, Blondes vs. Brains. I'm here today with the lovely Brittany. Hey. And the fabulous Tiffany.
1: Oh, my God. Hi.
0: She's a lot.
1: Oh, my God. Thank you. Mwah.
0: Anyway, in this podcast, we're going to be discussing all things strange and festival and pull apart the themes of the different productions. Slingsby's so Theater, Flying Squad, The River That Run Uphill, Mosey in Jakarta's A New Moon, and Windmill's Theater, Hans and Gret. The three of us were privileged to see these plays as... A
2: Boring! Nobody actually cares about this.
0: They do, actually.
2: Can we just get this over with?
0: The River that ran Uphill was, in my opinion, very emotional as well as impressive and intense. There was something about the dialect of the mother tongue of the main character or narrator, which I am going to get into another day, that intrigued me as we watched the play. I really liked the scenes in which there were intense cyclones. The whooshing of the waves, strong winds, and heavy rainfalls really stood out to me. And also the fact that Cyclone Pam striking Vanuatu in March 2013. Anything you guys found interesting about the play?
1: Uh, well... I think it was like that fairy tale movie Tinkerbell, you know, the one where it's raining so hard and because they were so tiny, there was a flood that almost washed them over. Uh, kind of like the song Itsy Bitsy Spider, isn't it? No
0: Tiffany, this play isn't like the movie Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. I don't remember it having any magic, even if it did have stormy setting. I like how the company used sound effects like thunder, strong winds, and heavy rain to make it realistic. I felt like covering my ears a few times.
1: Yeah, it was like so loud. Made me feel like jumping out of my heels. And where did all that rain that we saw come from? Because for real, I thought it was raining outside.
0: It wasn't real, it was a visual effect. What they did was use a presentational style where the world of the stage as well as sound and tactile effects of the storms were all created in full view of the audience. That is what made it a signature technique of Slingsby Theatre Company.
2: Uh, I heard something about Eggle's family storing some food from New Zealand. I kind of want to go to New Zealand someday. Hey Tiffany, what's the weather like over there this time of year?
1: I don't know, probably sunny with some rain. How far was it? Uh, girls. I wanna go to California. Nothing but warm and sunny weather over there. Hey? <laughs> Isn't that like on the other side of the world though?
0: What's California got to do with.
1: <sighs> I wanna live near the beach. <gasps> oh my god, me too! <laughs> Look at us planning our futures.
0: Excuse me, ladies. We're here to talk about four plays that we saw. I wouldn't mind visiting New Zealand or living in California one day. Oh really? Let's focus. The play, The River that Run Uphill, was a story of a girl who managed to find the strength to survive one of the worst cyclones. The main character, Joel Jr., is the narrator and the first half of the play talks about his life and family. I'm still really confused about how exactly the story revolves around, so I'm kind of nervous.
2: Yeah, Mason, who exactly is the story even about? I mean, many of the movies I've seen have been about, like, the star. I've never seen a movie or play about two people with two different lives. That's so confusing.
0: Well, I can think of a few movies with two protagonists. They are...
1: Pro-what?
0: Protagonists. It means characters whom the story revolves around. Well,
2: why didn't you just say that?
0: As I was saying, I can think of a few movies that have two protagonists, like High School Musical, The Sweet Life Movie, Teen Beach Movie, and its sequel, Teen Beach 2. There are a few more I can name, but I'll just pick these four.
1: Oh my god, Brittany, do you remember Teen Beach Movie? Oh, I still can't get over how cute Ross Lynch was. Yeah, he
2: was so hot. Oh, man.
1: I still dream about him. Two weeks ago, I dreamt he was taking me on a date. (sighs) We went for a walk on the beach. He took me out to dinner in town, then drove me to the hills where we looked down on Adelaide. When we were up there, he said that Adelaide is beautiful, but not as beautiful as you. (gasps) No way!
0: I think I know where this is going.
1: And then we looked into each other's eyes and we almost... Okay.
0: Okay. Let's discuss the props that were used on the set of the play. What did you think about the tarpaulins the actors and actresses used to mimic the movements of the violent waves on the water during the storms? Tarpaul what? Tarpaulins. Those blue sheets they used to copy the movements of waves in the set lore.
2: Oh, that, that's what they were doing. I thought they were us because it was, was kind of hot that morning.
1: Yeah, but it also was cold inside. Hey, was that part of the play too? Because if so, that'd be really cool.
0: No, that must have been the AC. We don't remember the AC being on during the play.
1: Did anyone notice costumes they were wearing? Yeah. I wonder who made them. Not that I think they were unattractive, but if I were the company's clothes designer, I would-
0: Are we really gonna talk about clothes now?
1: Uh, Yeah, Mason, if the play was about the sea and
2: everything you say it was about, shouldn't they have been wearing blue outfits or something like that? Besides, you could use a little fashion advice yourself
0: uh fyi britney i've made a few clothes myself and i've never taken any fashion advice from anyone ever
1: if that's true you wouldn't be wearing that sweater vest to this podcast what decade do you think it is the 70s
0: I'll have you know people can still rock a sweater vest in 2023 and don't act like the fashion police. I haven't said a word about your clothes, have I?
2: Hey, Chilway, so she was giving you some fashion tips and next time you don't embarrass yourself on your own show because it's sure giving secondhand embarrassment.
0: Knew this was a mistake. Let's try this again. The company wears functional beige, colored overalls and the Slingsby pouch sewn on the bib. This showed that the actors and actresses were the storytellers themselves and therefore brought the story to life. It also gave them a chance to play characters of any age, gender and culture. Plus, they were comfortable and let each actor and actress move easily, something else Slingsby is known for.
1: What the what? Oh, are we still talking about your outfit choices?
0: (laughs) That's enough, ladies. Can we please move on? So, back to the play, The River That Run Uphill. What did you guys think of the lighting?
2: Mm, I think the lighting could have been a bit brighter. I couldn't see myself rocking this new dress I bought two days ago. Do you see how shadowy everything was? They were using handheld torches and the lights were used to light up the set. Not sure what that was all about, let me guess. Part of the same presentational style you've been faking on about, Mason?
0: Sounds like you're beginning to understand Linkie's performance style, Brittany. I'm impressed.
1: Oh my gosh, Brittany! Is that a new designer dress that's out this year?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Never mind.
1: Shut up! I am so jealous right now.
0: Does anyone want to tell me about the equipment they used on the stage?
1: Well, I thought they were gonna like some kind of interview in the play, you know, like what we're doing right now on your show, Mason
0: uh tiffany it's not a show it's a podcast
2: i think they must have made some recordings on those things to make us feel like we're in venue too right because the actors and actresses would go up to one of the stands with the square thingies on it and press it to make a sound They use actual sounds to make it feel like we're on the island. Am I right, Mason? Please tell me I'm right.
0: Yeah, girl. You're actually right about that one. Thank goodness at least one of you is paying attention.
2: I just have one question, though. Did they go to the beach and actually get some birds to tweet into the microphone? Because if so, I would just... Okay.
0: Okay that's it for the river that ran uphill not much was discussed but we did it anyway and hope you girls and everyone else enjoyed part one of this podcast we will be right back after these messages stay tuned for our next session which we will talk about the second play a new moon by dre ngata ngara takora about his mother levine's wife as a Stone generation girl see you all at mason's tell
1: bye Bye.
0: Let's talk about the second play we were fortunate enough to see Mosen Nkacha's New Moon. I was amazed with the use of digitalized artwork. Storytelling, the way he animated Levine's artwork and blended the, the spoken narrative to tell her story growing up on the Umwira Muiwara mission after being forcibly removed from her family. I'm so I swear.
1: Oh my god, is he crying? What a loser.
0: <laughs> um, anyways, how did you girls connect with the pieces?
1: I love Levine's story about how she was stolen and she eventually found a way to reconnect with her family. It reminds me of when I was a little girl and I was out shopping with my mom. I'd been to the candy aisle <sighs> when I turned it real and <laughs> she was gone. But luckily I found her 10 minutes later, so I can definitely relate. <laughs> oh my god, that's so tragic. I can't imagine what you are going through.
0: Um, Tiffany, that's not at all the same as Levine's story. Levine was captured as a young child by government officials as part of the Stolen Generation, and the Stolen Generations refer to a period in Australian history when Aboriginal children were removed from their families through government white assimilation policies. Young kids removed from their family. It's hardly comparable to losing your one with the supermarket, Tiffany.
1: I guess when you put it like that, it seems a lot more different to my experience.
0: Very different. Anyways, Brittany, what did you think Dre did well when telling Levine's story?
1: Well, personally,
2: I love the pretty pictures and the artwork. Ah, oh,
0: yes dre did use traditional art projection created from his mother levine and historical imagery to help the audience visualize the story whilst he narrated his mother's story also i like how he used music to set the tone and mood of the stories he had just told
2: but but what about the fire the what the fire in the middle of the room
0: Oh, yeah, the fire. The reason for this was because Dre incorporated landscape screens that wrapped around the audience who were seated within the space. In the middle of the audience was a poem that projected footage of a fire. Dre explained the symbolism of the fire as creating a safe place to tell stories. Have you guys ever been camping?
1: Duh, I hate camping. It's dirty and gross. However... The only part I like is when you're sitting on the logs around a warm fire, telling campfire stories while roasting marshmallows.
0: Exactly. Dre was trying to create the experience that we were surrounded by a campfire while telling his story.
2: Oh, that makes a lot more sense because I thought he was trying to create a romantic scene. Yeah. Nah. I also liked how we got to ask questions though
0: of course you did Joy allowed the audience to ask questions at the end of the performance which opened up a meaningful conversation between not only him and the audience but his mother as well
1: I have a question
0: what's it Tiffany?
1: how come at the end we had to walk through a cloud of smoke?
0: The smoke was a traditional cleansing ceremony where the audience's spirits were strengthened and to remove any negative energy that may have been stirred up throughout the performance was shifted.
2: Oh, that's why I really enjoyed it. It made me feel less stress-free.
0: That's good, Prit. Any other questions? Nah. Okay, cool. Well, that concludes our conversation about a new moon. Stay tuned for when we discuss hands and Gret. Thirdly, we had the pleasure of watching Windmill Theatre's incredible play, which goes by the name of Hans and Gret. Now, Brittany, I do believe this to be your favorite, yes? Oh, it was magical! Yes, it was. Uh, Tiffany, how did you find this particular play?
1: Uh, it was everything. Not to mention Hans was so hot.
0: Okay, let's remember the actual content of the play, Half. Let's start with the meaning and symbolism. It's clear that this performance has a modernized take on the old fairy tale, Hansel and Gretel were the Grimm Brothers. A tale which explores the themes of greed, coming of age and family life, all of which occur within Hans and Gret. But what makes this version so relevant to us is its abstract way of storytelling issues in current society. I'd like to know if you two understood that theme.
2: Yeah, I so noticed that it was, um, what's the word? Modernized? Yeah, oh my god, that it was so techy. And they gave us old phones, like, how
1: did they afford that? Oh my god, that is such a good point. There was probably like a thousand of people in that theater.
0: More like a couple hundred people.
1: (gasps) Maybe they robbed a bank. Oh my god, I can't believe we just gave our money to criminals.
0: Girls, symbolism, meaning, what did we learn from watching this play? How does it relate to us? How has it changed us? How are we new people because of it?
2: Oh my god, you are such a nerd. Get over
0: yourself.
1: Yeah, you're not all that, Michael.
0: My name is Mason. Whatever. Someone please just respond to my question.
1: Okay, calm down. I'll do it. After watching the play, I guess I felt sad, but also, like, really happy. Explain. Well, you know how the phones we had were speaking to us and providing us each with a different version and outcome of the action? Well, a bunch of innocent kids were mind-controlled and were forced to go on stage and got hooked up to these, like, cables that were sucking the life out of them.
0: But, surely you actually don't believe that. I mean, you know they were only acting, right?
1: Um, no, they weren't. They had to get rescued...
0: They are all acting, it's part of the performance, it's meant to be immersive and incorporate the audience into the story. It makes it more unique, it's actually quite incredible how they managed it all and let alone put trust and faith into these teenagers who quite truthfully had full potential to control the show in any given direction.
1: But how could it be part of the performance when all the kids were in some sort of coma?
0: You know the phones we were all given? Yeah? Well, before the play began, we completed our survey and answered the questions that gave away details such as our age, whether we're introverted or extroverted, even down to whether or not we hate rice crackers.
2: Who in the hell would like rice crackers? Probably a psychopath.
0: I mean, I... never mind.
2: Of course you like rice crackers. Basic
0: We're going off topic. The reason we weren't asked to go on stage is because we're not teenagers. I mean, I'm almost in my (laughs) thirties. Jesus the sad. The point is from putting our age, the software or whatever application they are utilizing had gathered that information and separated the youth from the adults. It was a curated content uniquely put for different ages. I mean, that is just so fascinating. The point Well, the point is that the director, Claire Watson, of the show is highly intelligible with such a creative mind. We were all watching the same act, and yet with such separated experiences, these kids would have been hearing different narrations throughout this play, including being asked if they wanted to go on stage.
1: But then, how'd they know how to dance perfectly during the formal scene?
0: Because they were being told how. Don't you see? The reason we were told at the beginning to put the rope attached to the phones around our neck was so that if we get up on stage, the phone can hang like a necklace. And once they were on the stage, the narrator is still able to communicate to the selected teenagers and tell which dance moves to do. Surely everything was thought of.
2: Yeah, that is kind of cool.
0: I'm glad you think so. Now, coming back to the original question, the meaning and symbolism Tiffany, in your eyes, what did this play teach you?
1: Well, I guess I did pick up the idea that Gret was so misunderstood, and people kept trying to change her for who she is. Yeah, that was
2: messed up. I do agree, though, her sleeping bag that she
1: was wearing to prom was inexcusable. Yeah, that part was embarrassing.
0: It was a jumpsuit, but anyway, I'm glad you noticed that. Brittany, did you gather themes and symbolism of the play?
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of see it relating to current society. Everyone is so fake these days. Could have been me, though. I'm a natural queen. Elaborate? Well, they're all trying to stay young, right? Which I think makes the evil therapist that had incredible hair, the witch from the story, Hansel and Gretel, the witch that, like, ate people. So I guess in this adaptation of the original story, rather than eating the kids, Hansel and Gretel, it's taking away their youth to preserve those older who are afraid of the inevitable aging.
0: Brittany, you actually focused. I'm impressed. Did you observe that as well, Tiffany?
1: Yeah, so true. I knew that, of course.
0: Why are people so afraid of aging?
1: Because old people are ugly.
0: And why is that?
1: Well, they're like wrinkly and they have fake teeth and their voice scares me.
0: Do you not think that aging, as it's something you simply cannot ignore, should not be shunned? That we, as living beings, should feel comfortable to grow and adapt and allow our bodies and minds to change. There should be no stigma around the topic of maturing. That's simply distasteful. This is a universal experience, an unavoidable process that we should embrace. You see, in this modern society, we have put so many negative connotations around the idea that getting older, that people are injecting themselves with foreign liquids just to get rid of some wrinkles. It's absurd. Moving on, we bring focus to the set design of the play. Now, the way that this play was visualized for us as an audience was quite ingenious. Rather than rushing around and having offstage crew move around objects to alternate between different settings, director Claire Watson used a double-walled two-way mirror structure which rotated between scenes.
1: Yeah, that was pretty trippy
0: so when a scene ended this structure would fog up giving time to the offstage crew to go in through the back entrance and change the setting without being seen having enough time as the set turns showing the already created set full of the necessary props and characters
1: oh my god that would have taken like so long to create
0: Well, actually, after speaking with the director, she said that the whole play took only six weeks to bring to life.
1: What?
2: That's not physically possible. It is
0: when you know what you're doing. Lastly, and I know this would be your girl's favorite topic, costume design. I'll take
2: it over from here. Okay, starting off the hands and grip always coming in with a matching outfit, so cute. Generally, I think the style of the costumes were quite naturalistic, keeping it simple.
1: Pretty ugly colorism, may I say. Yeah, that
2: green and orange was horrendous. But aside from that, I think I genuinely saw some techniques.
1: Yeah, like the masks that were designed to identify and separate the wolf boys from the other characters. It was so simplistic, yet so telling. But in the original Hansel and Gretel story, there are no wolves, so I guess it reminded me a little bit of Red Riding Hood.
0: You guys have definitely learned a lot, I'd say. Did you guys notice the red shoes by Gret Formal?
2: Yeah, that reminded me of Dorothy from Wizard of Oz.
0: Yes, exactly. This is an Easter egg that kind of was placed for us audience to make that link to Wizard of Oz and how the red shoes, when clicked, teleport and bring her home. This definitely merges together with Hans and Gret as it covers the similar theme of finding your way home when lost. Wow. Hey, folks, unfortunately, this is the end of my amazing podcast.
2: Um, our podcast.
0: Okay, our podcast.
1: Better? Much better.
0: Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this painful discussion I had (gasps) with the blondes. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but thank you, Brittany and Tiffany, for cooperating somewhat. I know we had our challenges, but I'm glad you guys finally got there in the end.
2: Is this the end?
0: know this is just the end of our podcast we still have many to do in the future
1: sorry force of habit
0: bye folks
1: bye everyone don't Don't miss us too much